here we go with episode one of 101 Days Away. Except I'm not away yet. I'm still in Chicago right now. I wanted to do an episode before I leave so I could answer the questions that might be on your mind about this trip and why it's happening and where I'm going. First question is probably why. The easiest answer is simply because I can go. I am in a position where I work for myself. I have passive income through ad revenue. I can afford it and I want to do it. So nothing's holding me back and I'm just going for it. The much more complicated answer is that I spent the past 15 months going through IVF and it didn't work. It was so emotionally draining, physically demanding, and disappointing. It dictated my life for a very long time. I wasn't able to travel or to do things I wanted to do. I was on medication that made me feel like I wasn't myself. So this trip is kind of a way to just reclaim my life and lessen the fall of the fact it didn't work. My husband's super supportive of this. He he saw what I went through and he knew that it was a lot harder than either of us had ever expected. And he thinks that this is just going to be a healthy, good thing for me. And I agree. And since I don't have any kids to take care of or strict obligations keeping me here, I'm just going to go for it. Okay, the next big question is probably where am I going? A lot of people start by asking which way I'm going. And first, I'm going to go south. I'm going to Peru first. I've always wanted to go to Machu Picchu. So I'm doing that first. From there, I'm going to be flying to New Zealand. From New Zealand, I'll be going to Australia, then to Cambodia and Vietnam, Nepal, Italy, Tanzania, Portugal, and then I'll be ending in London. So pretty ambitious, a lot of different places. It's going to be a packing nightmare, not that I have packed. It's a lot of bucket list items that I've always wanted to do. And they're places that I don't necessarily know of anyone who would go there with me. So it seems like it just makes sense to check these things off on this solo trip. Once I explain where I'm going, people usually ask who I'm going with. And I'm doing this solo. I am going to be meeting up with some people along the way. And I'm going to be joining tour groups in some locations. But... I'm totally fine traveling by myself. I love doing it, actually. Uh, It's such a selfish, luxurious thing to do, to not have to negotiate with anyone else's wants or needs or schedule. I can just do whatever I want every day. And that's something that makes me really happy and really excited to do. I think that the question that's on people's minds but that they're too polite to ask is, how are you going to afford this trip? I get it. I'm a blogger. I've been blogging for seven years and I've been doing it full time for four. No one seems to understand how I make money. So here we go. Most of my income is ad revenue. I have ads on my website and that pays me money. It equals a salary. 
it's actually more than I made when I worked a nine to five. And because most of my income is passive income from ads, it means I'll still be earning money even when I'm traveling. I'm actually not going to earn less. I'm going to earn the same amount, which is pretty cool. Since most of my income is passive income from ads, I saw some opportunities. As a blogger, I am able to pre-schedule my content, which I did for the next few months. So recipe content is going to go up as it always has. My readers will be happy. My website will still get traffic, and I'll still get those checks for ad revenue in the account every single month. So I'm not necessarily taking time off to do this. I'm just working remotely, and I've done most of the work ahead of time. It's an opportunity I saw, and I'm taking advantage of it. Basically, I'm using my ad revenue that's coming in to help pay for this trip, and on top of that, I have a savings. It's not that complicated, but I just want people to know that I'm not maxing out every credit card I've ever had to pay for a trip I can't afford. While we're on the topic of the blog, I should probably explain how I'm hoping that this podcast will complement the content that I'll be sharing on the website. The website's always been mostly recipes, and I've already pre-written, pre-scheduled recipe posts. They'll be coming to the website, as always. In addition to the recipes... I'm going to write real-time travel stories. On Friday, I'm going to check in on the blog, share this podcast, share some pictures from the week, and just tell you what I've been up to. In addition to the real-time blog posts that will go up on Fridays, I will be sharing complete travel guides to all the places that I visit. This takes a little while to do, so it won't be happening in real time, but it will be happening. So how did this trip come together? First, I had the idea of buying an around-the-world plane ticket, which I had heard existed. Then I brainstormed. I took out a map of the world and started writing down places I always wanted to visit. I wanted the trip to be arranged in a way that prevented super long-haul flights, so I tried to make sure my destinations were vaguely, evenly spaced around the world. Another consideration was making sure that I had enough time in each destination. I wanted to make sure I had at least 7 to 10 days in each country I would be stopping in. In case you're wondering how to even go about booking an around-the-world ticket, I used a service called Airtrex. They're an agency that specializes in that sort of thing. I needed somebody to double-check my work to make sure I wasn't missing a leg or making some logistical errors. I found Airtrex just from doing some research online. I enjoyed working with them, and they didn't pay me to say that. So if you're planning an around-the-world trip, you might want to check them out. And perhaps most importantly, Airtrex turned out to be more affordable than other options out there. The one part of the trip that doesn't make perfect sense is that I will be going from Nepal to Italy to Tanzania and then back up to Europe. There's an easy explanation for why Europe is on the itinerary twice. I got invited on a press trip, and it involves cheese, so I wasn't going to say no to it. When it came to figuring out the length of the trip, everything was loosely based around the press trip to Italy and my cousin's wedding in London. Yeah, the trip ends with going to my cousin's wedding in London, and a lot of people have asked how on earth I'm going to pack for that. Luckily, Charles will be meeting me in Europe for the wedding, and he's just going to pack nicer clothing for me. 
It doesn't make sense to bring a dress and heels around the world with me. I'm keeping it really lean when it comes to the packing. I just don't need any extra stuff with me. I already need cameras and my laptop and all the technology in order to make my website and this podcast happen. Less is more. I'm packing essential athleisure clothing that I can wear anywhere. I'll share a complete packing list once I've finished packing, but I just believe in packing the basics. Anything goes with jeans. Anything goes with black pants. Limit the number of shoes because they take up too much space. The plan is to bring a rolling carry-on and a backpack. Hopefully that will do it. There are some travel essentials that I've put a lot of effort into carefully selecting. I have a pair of Keen waterproof hiking boots that I've worn in the Sahara Desert and marching in the Women's March. Keeping your feet comfortable, warm and dry is absolutely essential, especially when you're going on an adventure vacation. I've also put a lot of effort into finding a rain jacket that is actually waterproof. The last thing I want to deal with is being cold and wet while I'm climbing up Mount Kilimanjaro. I think it's going to be hard enough already. I care more about having the gear I need to have the trip I want to have than looking cute along the way. I know that there's a whole tribe of travel bloggers out there that just like to take pictures of themselves wearing a pretty dress in front of a landmark, but it's not what this trip is about for me. I want to take advantage of the opportunity to experience the outdoors. I've been living in Chicago for 10 years now, and that's something I miss. My plan is to be hiking and biking and climbing my way around the world. I'm no stranger to an adventure vacation. This is just the longest one I've ever done. In the past few years, I've done things like climbed glaciers in Iceland, ridden camels in the Sahara Desert, been dog sledding in the Arctic Circle, and made my way through a spider-filled canyon in Utah. It's these experiences that give me the confidence to do this trip. I'm also no stranger to traveling alone. I usually travel alone two to three times a year, and it's something that I love doing. I know it's not for everyone, but I'm really excited about this. In addition to packing and making sure I have all the essentials that I need, I've also gotten some shots. Not the most fun part of traveling around the world. I wanted to bring this up as a gentle reminder to anyone who might be planning a similar trip. You have to go to the travel clinic, tell them everywhere you're going, calculate how many days you'll need to be taking malaria pills. It's super fun. And then I got a bunch of shots, so at least I won't be getting Japanese encephalitis anytime soon. Once you get all your shots, they record it in this little yellow booklet. You might need to show customs officials, so it's something to hang on to. I guess it's supposed to be married to my passport from now on, considering the fact that I'll be going to places where yellow fever is common. I will say the travel clinic was very generous. They gave me everything I need for altitude sickness, diarrhea, and the flu. I'm traveling with my own little mini pharmacy. But it's a relief to know that I'm not going to be stranded in a foreign country and sick. I think the last thing to talk about is how my husband feels about this. I've been married for seven years, and luckily I'm married to somebody who's just as independent as I am. My husband Charles and I have been together for 10 years. He's an extremely handsome and charming Englishman, and 
he gets it. Just like how I want to do this trip and turn it into part of my career, Charles wants time to focus on his career. He wants time where he can just work hard and not have to focus on juggling personal relationships with his career ambitions. We're kind of both taking a step back to focus on ourselves for a little while. It's selfish and it's something that we get to do because we don't have kids. Speaking of the fact we don't have kids, we went through the ringer with IVF. I think we both just want to reset our lives a little bit. It might be a little weird that we're going to be apart for a while, but we'll be a constant communication and he's going to meet up with me at the end of the trip. So I'm not going to be away from him for 101 days. All right, I am going to wrap up my first episode of 101 Days Away. And next time I'll actually be away. It's nerve wracking to think that I'm going to be gone for so long, but I'm also so excited. I'm almost done tying up all the loose ends in my life. I got new contact lenses, so I'll be able to see. I need to get a haircut, but that'll be easy. And I need to narrow down my packing list and make everything fit into a suitcase. So wish me luck. I'll check in soon.